Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about year one NPCs. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash rage, or look me up, rage in the apps or Twitter. Come in and hang out with us. Like I said, I'm probably live right now. You can take part in the Q&A. A lot of people have been doing that lately, so thank you for those that have been coming over from the YouTubes and the podcasts. Basically what I said in my talk is I am going to start trying to front load my videos by letting people know that I do think the game has come a really long way. I'm not going to make content about how great the game is. I'm going to make content about how they can improve it. So I'm not trying to be negative, uh, but I every once in a while want to make sure I tip my hat to Bungie and the work they've done and bringing the game forward. We wouldn't be able to talk about year one NPCs and random roles in the mod system and how to improve all this stuff and how great Aegis bounties are. We wouldn't be able to talk about any of that if they hadn't brought the game forward and done good things. So I, I want to make sure and say that every once in a while just so people know, man, that Lono guy just always knocking the game. I'm just trying to do what I did before Forsaken, and that is talk about ways they can improve the game, because that's how we got Forsaken. So, going to jump into the question and answer really quickly here. Uh, first question from Tefanister. What if Zer bounties were a quest for specific exotic, but the quest uh, for the next three exotic drops, and maybe three of coins return, but in a different way? So when you and your fire team use it in a strike or a nightfall, it makes the boss fight harder and gives him... Uh, and the adds double damage. But if you succeed, you get a 50% chance of an exotic dropping. I mean, Jiminy Christmas, dude. Write War and Peace the next time you want to submit a question about Zer. <laughs> My gosh. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with this because exotics in general are meant to be in the game with some rarity, but I also think they could be in the game with some intentionality. There's just this layer of, like, I'm never going to get an exotic, I'll never get this thing. And I don't think that that's a good feeling. I think it's okay for it to be like, I can't get this exotic to drop, but since exotics have random roles, I think we could gain by having intentionality. You know, like, when you're grinding for a roll on a gun, it just, it feels good when you finally get it. And it also feels addicting when you keep getting close to the roll that you want. Same could be true for armor. Same could be true for exotics. You know, I I don't necessarily know if I want three of coins to come back, because that's just like a generic buff. And you're like, well, it would make the fight twice as hard, and they're doing more damage, and if you manage to do it, it gets, I mean... You're creating a system and, 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 and layers of difficulty and, and pathways that I don't think we're ever going to see happen. Like just, it's too convoluted. Bungie's not in a position right now to introduce brand new systems. Now, I know Xur is getting an update. I don't think it's going to be this. I think glass needles is an easy solution. And I think giving people a certain amount of guaranteed exotic drops every week may be tied to the prime ingram. Like once, again, we've said this before, once you're max power and you don't need powerful ingrams anymore, the prime ingram could convert into an exotic, an exotic attunement. You get, you know, two to three exotics a week. I think that's fair. And if you don't get any exotics, then the next, next week your drop rate goes up a little bit to kind of make up for the fact right exotic should also not be dropping duplicates i don't need another another gun i don't need another risk runner i don't need another this or another that i I need other roles on my on my armor so there should i i feel like there should be a punch out system like once you get an exotic gun that's the end of the matter i don't need it anymore i need you know a, a pair of orpheus rigs it's not a terrible role i need a pair of you know Ophidius Faith or Shards of Galanor with with a role that I want 
and I think that'd be a great way to do it. A little bit of higher drop rate, and then pretty much armor once you have all the guns, I think would be good. Uh, wait, what just happened? Pyman, what do you expect from the new DLC? Weapons and armor to chase, or actually story-driven content? Well, I mean, you don't need to ask this question, because Bungie has made it clear it won't be story-driven content. The annual pass is not meant to... Oh, I didn't shoot the boss again. Dead gummit. I don't need the I don't need the modulus reports. Thankfully, um, it's not going to be story-driven content. They made that crystal clear. The annual pass content is not going to be that substantive. Um, it's going to be a grind, an update to Gambit, and probably some new loot to chase. You know, whether it's an armor set or two, and a handful of guns. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. That's that's kind of where things are landing. Uh, Sirios, uh, Suros says, what do you think we are doing with the Malfeasance Drifter story? I don't know. I mean, I, the, the Malfeasance is a gun in the exotic questline. I don't know what you mean by that question. Saren says, do you think the Drifter is a guardian of darkness because he controls Taken and makes us bank motes of darkness? He seems infatuated with, uh, our enemies, right? He's like, this is what the Taken must feel like. Like, he's almost like he's got a an infatuation with them, you know? Now, it could be like, I love the Joker in Batman. I especially love, you know, Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. I'm looking forward to you, Queen Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker. There's like a healthy infatuation with the villain, right? I loved Aldrin in the storyline of Forsaken. I thought he was fantastic, which is why I was glad to see him back. Um, so given that reality, Drifter could be like that. He could be that, you know, he's just infatuated with the enemies as you study these, these, these villains and their abilities and stuff. Maybe you become, you know, more fascinated with them, but he could also be something else and doing something else. I don't know if he's a guardian of darkness though. Uh, I think it's clear he has some type of a history that's, that's, you know, Maybe a little uh, sketch in just if you do the Ace of Spades quest when uh, Cade talks to him. Uh, there's definitely something going on there. There's something after him. And according to Chris Barrett in the vid doc, we're going to be finding out what the thing is he's dragging behind his ship. Like, what's it's all about? So if he is a Dark Guardian, I, I don't know why they would wait that long to introduce that as a story element. Uh, I also don't know if that's ever going to be a story element. I think a lot of people want us to be bad. They want us to be the villain. They want us to be this or they want us to be that. And I think sometimes they try and shoehorn that in. They're like, well, he's a he's going to be a dark guardian or we're going to be the bad guys. And they're just trying to force it um, in ways that I don't think are natural. Lol, golly. Do you feel the trends toward family-friendly streams has anything to do with first-generation gamers starting families? I mean, that's part of it, but it's like, it's also just like, if you think about what streaming is and what's where streaming takes you, right? Streaming takes a person and a brand and it puts them in front of the public eye. Okay. And when you're in front of the public eye, what's, what's, what's the reason you're in front of the public eye? Well, you're trying to grow and get people to watch you and support you, right? Well, if that's the goal, broad is good and narrow is limiting right now maybe you want to be really narrow but 
if you're trying to be the dark souls of Twitch streaming, like you don't care about your accessibility, you don't care about people watching you and enjoying you from all different avenues, you're limiting yourself big time, like in a humongous way. You're limiting your reach. You know, kids can't watch you because their mom walks in the room and you're like blankety blank blank blankety blank and mom's like, whoa, turn that off, Timmy. You know what I mean? So if that's if that's what's going on, then you have to consider the fact that you're a public figure that the broader your reach, the more successful you will probably be. So for me, it was never like a business decision, but the more I think people look at what streaming is and what where streaming places you, right? You're replacing television for some families. And yes, this is a demographic that's adding to that, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It's not even about gamers starting families. It's about kids watching, you know... Ninja and and all these and all these dudes play and becoming fans of them and it's like they they want to be able to enjoy the content and if you're a smart content creator you want those people that like you to be able to enjoy you know it's it's and I don't think it's disingenuous I don't think it's disingenuous at all I don't think it's fake I don't think it's being a different person you know I know people have given Ninja a hard time like oh you selling out no like what the frick it's not selling out when a guest on Ellen or the or the Tonight Show don't come on and swear like crazy even if they swear in their stand-up even if they swear in their personal life right whenever you're in front of that broad audience that audience that is got families and children watching they 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 respect the platform and they don't do that and right Ellen doesn't come out on her show and curse like crazy and she curses if you watch her stand-up right I don't know if her recent stand-up she does, but her old stand-up, she would curse. She would say swear words. Well, of course she doesn't do that on her talk show. Her talk show is during the day, and she's trying to appeal to a broad audience. You know, moms and dads and people that are home and have kids in the room and stuff. And, you know, grandmas and granddads and everything else. So it's like, if you're trying to appeal to a broad audience, you have to take that approach, I think. And I'm not saying it's wrong if you don't. I'm just saying you're limiting yourself. And I honestly think, I continue to think that the big streamers that have dominated the platforms are going to continue to lose their footing because a lot of them I think are unprofessional. They don't, they don't carry themselves like a professional. They haven't had to, right? They are, they're terrible to listen to. They use terrible language. They have bad attitudes, right? Now that doesn't matter. You can be successful in this realm and be, and have a terrible attitude and be pompous and be arrogant and, and, and use horrible language. You can, I have a friend excessive profanity to do a podcast with. He's been successful doing that. But I think that type of, that type of content is going to always struggle to be mainstream, to be broad. It's you're, you're not going to get sponsorships from companies because they don't want to hear that, that type of language. And they don't want to be like, well, if we're going to have him promote this, we want him to be like a good little boy, like a choir boy and not swear and curse. Number one, he probably, I wouldn't want to do that number two that'd be kind of weird right you're like asking to become you know something else so I'm not knocking the people that are doing that I just think they're going to continue to lose their footing as twitch becomes more more of a household name so that's a little off subject but it is something that I talk about a lot trick says what weapons setups do you roll with if you're uh, if you don't have the annual pass whatever you like uh, the high noon do you think they should lower the rate of invades when the primeval is up and they should hide the amount of moats uh, the invader should see? No, I think seeing the moats is important. I think that's a part of like the... I get tunnel vision and target the guy with 10 or 11 and then I get killed by the guy next to me that I'm not paying attention to, right? I think that adds a decent element. Um, I don't want to take that away. Limiting how many times they can invade during the primeval 
um, is one of my pieces of feedback that they could work on. Um, it does seem r- a little ridiculous, and it's especially noticeable during what I consider to be one of the better fights, one of the better and more exciting fights is the meatball fight. There's more back and forth. The 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 invading gets a little ridiculous during that uh, during that boss fight. Zip Donut, do you think the reintroduction of the last word will help to diversify play in the Crucible? It's possible if it can really shut down sloppy shotgun rushers, then it could be it could be the go-to you know mid-range weapon. Um, now, if it becomes the one-size-fits-all weapon, range and mid-range, it might frustrate people because uh, you know nobody nobody likes to. Um, nobody nobody likes to have everybody using the exact same roles in the in the crucible this vehicle has shorter cooldown between summonings so that's if you wreck right like i don't i can buy that i guess i could buy that i like that um sparrow but i'd have to get it from collections and then hope for it to be the cool roll the the fast roll i still haven't gotten the dark horse or always on time we could try and reacquire this and get the uh, the insta summon roll, which I feel like all sparrows should have that. Uh, Waffle House, do you feel that Banshee is completely worthless and needs an overhaul? I mean, in line with what we were talking about, um, in line with what we were talking about, I I think that Banshee could have intentional weapon grind. If you could go to Banshee and you could get a bounty for the for, for the half dan, people would do it. I mean, there are people that want a, a a god roll half dan or a god roll crooked fang, and he could have bounties for that purpose. Um, you know, it enables you as the player to chase something that you want, chase something with intentionality, and then have it. Now he doesn't necessarily need an armor set. Uh, he doesn't need an armor set, but he 100 percent could could benefit from having intentional loot pursuit. Um, Smack versus the world. Rather than having the Flashpoint focused on a single location of the week, what do you think is a good solution to get all planets involved, possibly a daily Flashpoint? I mean, this is in line with the video that just went live on YouTube. My milestones need an update video, right? That video, um, I talk about the milestones should probably be refreshing daily. Strikes and Flashpoint and all these... What's it, what's it matter? What's to be gained by being like, hey, you like running public events? Hey, you like running strikes? Well, this content becomes worthless to you once you're max level. It becomes worthless, right? Or it becomes worthless once you're done with the flashpoint, once you're done with the milestone, I mean. So, like, it, it resetting daily would be beneficial and helpful for the people leveling, <clears throat> and then milestones could take on a whole different, but like, animal once you're max level. What if once you're max level, the milestones have a high drop rate of... Pinnacle gear, 10 level masterwork gear, exotic gear. I don't know. It starts. So then you're like, well, I don't really need to do. I don't really need to do this flashpoint, but it resets daily and I have a really good chance at an exotic. I don't know. Something like this. Something like that. Uh, Sasquatch. Like I stated uh, about the Iron Banner armor in earlier talks, do you think Forge armor should be capable of having enhanced perks? I haven't kept uh, a single piece of Forge armor because of my raid and. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dreaming City armor is better. If Black Armory is an extension of the end game, the armor should have enhanced perks. I think it's their soft, like they're soft stepping, right? They need to be more bold. But they're like, well, we want the raid gear to be a little bit better and a little bit more pinnacle than the forge gear, right? 
the problem with that is enhanced perks aren't that good but they're good enough that people are like I'd rather have enhanced perks so personally I think enhanced perks should be on everything I don't think you're benefiting anything by being like Dreaming City and the two raids are the only place to get enhanced perks like I don't think you're gaining anything by doing that I, I feel like all you're all you're gaining is um, <clears throat> it's like a black eye on the armor you finally get the role you want and you're like oh but it's not enhanced so it just takes it down a notch in your mind you know now maybe as, as Steph is saying in chat maybe raid armor could have a really high drop rate for the enhanced perks so it's just very very likely you're going to get enhanced you get a helmet from the raid it's very very likely you're going to get enhanced hands on or enhanced ashes to uh, ashes to assets you know it's really easy to swear on that one Papa Crabman, what if they added more bounties to the planetary vendors and it functioned like Ada? For example, this is my idea. Uh, King Boomstick, uh, currently year one NPCs require... I'm going to read the whole question. Hang on. For example, complete so many bounties and you get a powerful armor weapon drop. You could add random rolled weapons to their rank up package pool and set the rank up system similar to Drifters to get specific rolls to grind for. You kind of already answered it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not exactly my idea. Sorry. It, like, it just literally sounded like it was like, what if they had Ada's bounties? It's like, that literally was in my talk. Um, like, like almost verbatim. Not almost verbatim. That is verbatim. Now, your implementation is different than mine, right? I don't think it should be a powerful reward. I think it should be you go and get a bounty from the NPC for a specific item, right? Devrim K has EDZ, you know, EDZ gauntlets and the old-fashioned you know am I just completing the forge or do I need to kill the heavy guys yeah no worries no worries king boomstick currently year one NPCs require 60 plus mats to be turned in for an ingram of useless year one items um with the current infusion economy this is expensive and a waste of mats besides bounties from year one NPCs uh what changes would you make for the rank faction reward system. I mean, in my mind, when I look at the, you know, ranking up an NPC, maybe you could get the current, maybe their prices of things go down as you rank up. I don't even know if turning in tokens and materials for a package, like, why are we even doing that, right? Like, what's the point? Why? Why? it's just it's just an old system that's still there that they just changed the currency for it like there's no reason for that to even be in the game anymore you know that's why I think you should be doing bounties like Ada because that gives all the NPCs purpose and it gives you intentionality and what you're chasing so instead of it being like this big sort of vacant pool of crap and like what's the currency for then well, you get to the point where you don't even need to infuse. Like, think about the think about the economy right now for me, right? Um, I have 521 uh, data lattice, 561, over 1,000 etheric spiral. See what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of that economy even existing after you're, you're not really infusing anymore? And what ends up happening is when the new content comes out and I need to infuse, I have so much of it saved up, it doesn't even matter. Even if you make it an economic pain point for infusion for me, it's like, well, I hit a point where I wasn't really infusing anymore, so I have a bunch of it left over from the last, you know, the last season or whatever. And so you end up with 
you end up with a currency that doesn't matter. This again is why the planetary vendors having rank, having really cool things to level up, having really th- cool things to purchase, ornaments, ornaments for the guns, ornaments for the, the armor and those bounties would okay you don't get to the end game and the currency doesn't matter anymore you get to the end game and the currency takes on a whole new meaning you know that's where that's where you can stagger you can stagger the relevancy you know why why am i why am i even caring about the npcs anymore endeavor mk and fail safe why does that why does this currency even matter i'm not infusing anymore it just becomes like you're just rich on all fronts well, then that's how you make it matter. You make it matter by saying, if you have this currency, you can you can buy this bounty, you can buy this thing, you can once you level up, you know what I'm saying? You're 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 having purpose to the economy and your grind going beyond just well, you get to max level and then you chase a couple guns. Like that's pretty much what everybody's doing. Bet forty four. I would like to see them implement a way to essentially create perks to place on your armor. Much like when you are placing mods now, do you think that would take away from the chase? Well, I think this game functions at its best when you're doing something like the Nightfall grind for a certain role or you're doing Ada's bounties. What you're basically doing is is you're setting your sights on something, you're jumping in a content loop, and you're chasing that loot. And so the RNG element and the intentionality, I think, functions very well together it's a it's a good i think it's a happy marriage and the reason it's a happy marriage is a couple of things the player feels like their time is well spent what if they don't get the role they want i think that's part of the that's part of the allure and the appeal and the addiction in the game right you don't get the role that you want but you know you could and so you keep trying right if it was real it was just a matter of time to get a god role it would just be a lot of time investment and then you'd have great gear and I think that's boring. That's just a transaction of time. So when when you have intentionality woven with RNG, a lot of things are firing. You get the dopamine injection of getting the gear, the excitement of checking the role, the frustration of not getting the role you want, and so you do it all over again. There's like this... <clears throat> there's like this harmonious existence in the game at that point. You're not... You're not getting everything you want super easy, but you're also not, don't feel like you're having your time completely wasted. You get the gun. You get the thing to drop, right? That's what frustrated people so much with with certain pieces of gear in the past. You're like, you either get it or you don't, and if you don't get it, you just have to keep chasing. It's too. It was too binary. I think it would have been a lot more exciting to grind for an Escalation Protocol shotgun that had a really good drop rate and random rolls. Why? Well, because then every time it drops, you get that feeling of excitement. You see it drop. You're like, oh my gosh, check the roll. Nope, I didn't get trench barrel. Instead, it was, did you get it? Nope. Did you get it? Nope. Did you get it? Nope. Well, I got it. I'm kind of bored. I don't want to run this anymore. You know, random rolls creates that drive to be like, I could always get a little bit better version. I could get a version with trench barrel and this other roll. It's very, un- it's less likely for your buddies to feel like, oh, I don't really care anymore. It's less, it happens less often because it's not so binary. It's a zero or a one, you get it or you don't. So I think that's a better system. The RNG compared paired with, you know, uh, in- intentionality, chasing the things that you, you know, you want. Cooperman, hey Lono, just wondering if you can think of a reason. Three beams, let's go. Oh, I was late to the party. That would have been cool. 
Sorry guys, I missed the electric uh, the electric light show. That would have been nice. Three uh, three chaos reaches at the same time would have been dope. Uh, just wondering if you can think of a reason they haven't brought the year one NPC guns and armor up to the standard uh, to year two standard yet. Could it be uh, a general oversight, or you think maybe they prefer people go for the new gear? It's a bit of both, right? I think number one, they brought some gear forward. Nameless Midnight, Antiope, just to name a couple. Uh, they brought some of it forward. Maybe as a test and as an experiment. You know, and that might be working against me getting my way. People, people might be saying, Bungie might be looking at the numbers and being like, no one gives a frick about these guns, right? Well, they would maybe if they could get an intentional grind. Like if scouts didn't suck. Like you can't use Nameless Midnight as an example if nobody's using it. Scouts really, really suck and there's no intentional grind to get it. Like dust rock farming. Right, you know where the dust rock drops, and you keep trying to get one, and then you get the one that you want. It's intentional and it's RNG. It's a good, it's a happy marriage. In my mind. So, they might not have brought all the year year one gear forward, because of, like, just logistically speaking, maybe it was too difficult for them to do. With everything they were trying... You know, with everything they were trying to deliver in Forsaken, it would have been too much work to bring forward all year one gear. Maybe they see the potential that I see, and Ada's Bounties, Ada's Milestone is an experiment. And we're, we're answering, I think, very loudly, if this is an experiment, we're answering very loudly that we like an intentional grind. I, you know, I, I feel like I every time I turn on Twitch, every time I talk to people in the community or you guys come in here, everybody's sharing their stories about grinding for these weapons. They couldn't just say, oh, we're going to make all the year two stuff, get, 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 uh, all the year one stuff, get the year two treatment right away. Number one, that undercuts the pursuit of the new stuff. And number three, number two, <clears throat> they don't know if you're going to go for it. And then number three, they they're, they weren't, might not even have had time to do it. Uh, Casibo. So, how do they sort the existing levels of people have with the vendors? Just give them ornaments or weapons or armor? I mean, just do it seasonal. Just do it seasonal. If they if they were, let's just say they introduced, uh, you know, rank up rewards with all of the NPCs, right? Well, it would be a separate rank. You'd have a seasonal rank with Devrim K that would be at zero at the beginning. I mean, does anybody really care about their overall rank? Now, they probably wouldn't want to reset those ranks because someone might like going into the, you know, into dim and seeing that, you know, I'll give you an example. If I go into dim right now and I go to uh, progress and I scroll all the way to the bottom, I have ranks with the NPCs, right? So, for example, failsafe I have at a level 34 on one of my characters and 26 on another and 7 on another. You know, some, some people might see their Banshee. My Banshee rank on one of my characters is 286. You know, people might not want that taken away, so you would just do a seasonal, just a seasonal rank. Uh, LXL7. How do you feel about making the Arcology area on Titan? It's uh, a big EP or Blindwell activity. Could be pretty awesome. There's a lot of areas on these maps that don't get used. Did you realize on the EDZ, okay, I want you to go to the EDZ, I want you to go to the outskirts, and then drive across to the Sojourner's Camp. Just, there's nothing there. Nobody does anything there. There's, there's nothing going on there, right? And then up in here, you know, the Sunken Isles, nobody does almost anything in this big giant ship area the hold, okay? 
There's also the dark forest. There's there's the tunnel area in the gulch. You go back into the tunnels and that they put a forge back there, right? You go to Trossland and you go over to Mavic Square. There's a huge area over there that no, nothing's going on with. So the new forge is in the Sojourner's Camp. Is it? Oh, the one we don't have yet is over there? See what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of proof of what we're talking about. Like, they could say, we're gonna, there's a lot of that on all the planets, you know? We just looked at the EDZ and we named like a handful of spaces. It sounds like an even one of them is getting used. So yeah, I think it'd be dope. Tony G53, how do you feel with Factions and Trials of the Line not coming back in Season 5? Faction Rally not coming back at all shocked me because they said at the beginning of the season, Faction Rally will be on hiatus. And they said for the duration of the season, you know, Trials would be on hiatus. And it doesn't seem like Faction Rally is coming back anytime soon. And for me, I'm confused by that. Because I feel like Faction Rally works really, really well with Drip Feed. Maybe they just, they just couldn't create content for it. They couldn't create pursuits worthy of our chase. Which to me, it's like, just take all the Dead Orbit gear, take all of the, take all of the Faction Rally gear for all the factions, and... Uh, and give it the year two treatment, and I think that would have been fine. Now, the logistics of Faction Rally, maybe they couldn't iron that out. People didn't like the logistics of the of the event. They didn't like the grind. They weren't. They, it was very clear people were not a fan of that. So, uh, Mr. DeBergi. Oh, but as far as trials, I, I've said in another video, I don't think trials is coming back until until September. I think it's it's gone for a while. Mr. DeBergi says. Uh, with how often they augment the Eververse to incentivize purchase, how do you think Bungie could make emotes direct purchase so they could use those resources elsewhere? The Eververse is so weird to me. I I don't know. Maybe there's just marketing research. Maybe there's science behind it. Maybe they know having it be confusing with the currency is the right choice. But to me, I feel like people would be more inclined to purchase an emote if they saw it. And they're like, yo, this one's awesome. This, you know, this one here where he throws up the flares. I have to have that one. Well, when you go into the Eververse, you know, or the Captain America chair one, I don't understand why you couldn't just go buy this for $5. Right? I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like they would sell a lot if it was just really clear as day. Like, yeah, here's a dope emote. It's five bucks if you want it. Or you may get it for, you know, by chance from the Eververse. I don't know. I feel like people would put, you know, pull the trigger on the $5. They would sync up their, they would sync up their credit card and just have it saved in there. And then anytime they felt like buying an emote, they just would. Like, I don't feel like waiting. I'm going to buy this one, you know? And then, but again, I don't know. Maybe there's just research in the background. Maybe they just, they get a good conversion rate. Maybe they get a good click rate uh, on it being somewhat confusing. It's not like misleading, like they're trying to deceive us. Um, But it does feel like it just, it's not very clear how much a given item costs and how to even get the, the things you need for the item. I don't know. They did it with the Iron Banner one. Right, but the see, they misfired. I should have been able to earn the Iron Banner one or buy the Iron Banner one. Do you know what I would have done if I could buy the Iron Banner one or earn it? Do you know what I would have done? I'd have bought it. But I didn't buy it because I didn't like the way they handled it. As a, as a player of the game and as a fan of Destiny, I was like, 
having an item be purchase only is stupid. If you could buy it or earn it, I would have bought it. They would have gotten a purchase from me. People on stream would have watched Lono buy the Iron Banner ornament and I'd have been like, I don't really feel like playing Iron Banner, but the emote's dope. I'm going to buy it for, you know, whatever the cost was. But you bought the Thunderlord ornament? But I didn't buy the Thunderlord ornament. I already had the I already had the silver. I already had the silver from whenever they gifted it to us. I didn't get my I did not punch in my credit card for the Thunderlord ornament. I wouldn't have. What am I gonna sit on my silver for forever on principle? That's stupid. Like I had silver that they gave me. So thank you for the entertainment, says Eggnarts. Thank you for your family, uh, and thank your family for their time also. Thank you, man. I appreciate the eleven months almost an entire year. They did it with the Iron Lord. Yeah, there was two. There was two. There was an ornament and an and an emote that they decided would be purchase only. And I, like I said, if it was earnable and purchasable, I probably would have bought those. So, you know, and if I would have had silver, I probably would have done it too. Like I would have, I would have, if I would have, you know, had the silver. But they gave us silver with Forsaken, didn't they, or something like that? I forget where I got the silver from for pre-ordering. I think, you know. Basically, your blue-haired old lady at the slots pulling uh, an arm on each ingram. I mean, any game with RNG is an element. There is an element of gambling to it. That's why gambling is so addicting. That's why games like this are so addicting because it it does kind of pull you in. You're like, oh man, I might get something cool, and you just keep playing. It was an annual pass pre-order. That's right. More cat. Do you think duplicate protection should be added to raids? From the last three weeks, Scourge, I've gotten seven rocket launchers, and I think <clears throat> engagement would go up uh, if they did this. Excuse me. I think the problem with dupe protection is would people really want it, and how would it work? We talked about this, uh, I think, in the, during the last um, talk. Let's say you want a certain role on the threat level. Like I want a certain role on the threat level, but I've gotten it. I've gotten the I've gotten the 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 I've gotten the pinnacle one, I've gotten the curated role, and I've gotten random roles as well. Right? Well, if getting those limits my drops, then I'd be ticked. Right? I'd be like, no, I want to keep trying for the threat level, right? This is where Ada's bounty system could save a lot of frustration and trouble. You could just have regular old drops from the raid, and obviously you have the milestone versions where they drop and they're powerful and they help you level up if you're if you're you know if you're running the raid. Right? But then you could also have just like weekly non-powerful drops for chances of the gear. Or you could do the idea that we've had some, you know, talked about just today. Have an NPC for the raid. Have a bounty for a given item. You go and run the raid and you get that item guaranteed, right? You get that item guaranteed. You want the gauntlets. You want the threat level. What the frick ever, right? And then the random, and then the roll is random, right? That, that would be I think a great way of doing it again you're bringing the you're bringing a system that we think is is prefer is preferable or good or valuable aid is bounty system and you're bringing it to the raid that's a big win in my book if an exi- oh, if an existing value system is getting good engagement and getting praise from the community then do more of it is kind of is kind of my my mantra right now 
right? I'm not saying, because people are like, oh, you're just being negative, you're being negative, could we talk about what they're doing right? I'm like, I am talking about what they're doing right, I'm saying spread it to other, spread it to other pieces of the game. Uh, Skymind, but don't you think if everything gets earned uh, the same way, it will ruin diversity? But no, because you wouldn't, it's not earned the same way. There is no diversity. Nobody's going on these planets and doing anything. Nobody's running public events. Nobody's running strikes. Nobody's doing any of that. There is no diversity. There's no diversity in our loadouts that, like, a lot of people are, like, well, there are probably diversity in loadouts with armor because you just wear what, you know, you wear whatever you can. You just wear, you wear, you know, the ugliest stuff you have just because it's, I don't know why it won't let me pick up the balls. That's four in a row. It will not let me pick them up. Like, what the frick is going on? Um, we might be dealing with some latency or something. I thought maybe I was, I was, uh, no, I got that one. I don't know what was happening there. So I think there'd be plenty of diversity. I think there'd be plenty of diversity in the game. If you gave people the ability to grind for what they want from the places all throughout the game. OP Mark, how do you feel about them bringing back exotic needles, free roll armor? I think it'd be great make it pricey and in Zer's uh, inventory. It'd be a good way to let people kind of re-roll their, their gear that they get. You know, if I get, you know, the shards of Galanor to drop, I got shards, you know. So, why why do I have to worry about not having the right roll? And then, oh, I gotta get shards to drop again, hopefully with a roll that's decent. I, I think that I think that hurts the experience. I think the glass needles would be great to bring back. Mac twenty ninety nine says pinnacle perks, but on different guns, onslaught on subbies, pulse, and so on. Outlaw and desperado on a hand cannon. Just go nuts with it. Plus, how cool would a pulse that in the burst has one of each element uh, with shield disorient? Oh, like each bullet is uh, is void, solar, or arc? Yeah, that could be pretty cool, man. That could be pretty cool. I don't know about just taking Onslaught and other perks and just like throwing them on other guns. I don't know if that's the right call. That could be a place to start, though, if they don't have time to create you know, a bunch of great perks. I skipped a question. I'm sorry. Law says, Hey Lono, I'm really concerned about the season of the Drifter. Since the start of Forsaken, Bungie hasn't really changed Gambit. I personally think it has major flaws and cannot exist if there is going to be uh, doing DLC focused around it. If there aren't any changes, I feel it will push many players away from the game until Penumbra. Good question. And I think once they're back up and running and doing twabs and maybe even streams about us, you know, about uh, Joker's Wild, okay? Once they're doing that, I wouldn't be surprised if they really if they really talk to us about Gambit and their thoughts about Gambit and how it evolved and how it changed from maybe what they originally conceived of it. If you go back and watch their original, you know, marketing of Gambit, I, I don't I don't think they could they could say with a straight face it's functioning in the way that they promoted it. I, I just, I, I really, I, it's just very, very different uh, from what they initially showed us and kind of put forward this conception of like what Gambit was going to be. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if between now and, and Season of the Drifter, I'm sorry, yeah, Season of the Drifter, Joker's Wild, that Gambit does go through some changes. Um, 
again, I just to me, to me, when you look at the the, the consistent feedback, the, there's no way we're all saying the same things. People that comment on my YouTube, people that I see talking on, you know, Reddit and Twitter, I just don't think there's this common hive mind if the engagement's good. Now, again, I don't have the internal numbers. I don't. I don't work at Bungie, but I think it's. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to get a sample of the community, and that represents kind of the community's behavior. If our sample of the community here in our Discord, the people that you know respond to my stuff on my YouTube and on Twitter and on the Reddit and on the forums, if they're all saying you know very very similar things, I just I there's no way that's not representative of what the community thinks about Gambit. Gambit's engagement numbers, I think, just have to be bad. There's a lot working against Gambit having good engagement numbers. I mean, one of them is it's just a brand new concept. People, Long-time fans of the franchise aren't going to change their weekly habits overnight, so that was kind of standing in the way to begin with. People that love you know, to play Crucible, people that love to just kind of do raids and strikes and nightfalls, people that just love to do bounties and be on patrol. Like, these are, these are behaviors that are set. I mean, this is just how people have engaged with the content for two to three years. So that already was working against Gambit anyway. People already have the things they like to do. And then you add insult to injury with, I just, there there are, in my opinion, there are just clear design flaws with the game in regards to, like, how it plays out, how easy it is to do certain things, how lopsided, you know, certain things are in Gambit. It, it needs work. So, Gambit itself is fine, but not bothering to monitor and adapting it for months Preventing the obvious meta problems is dumb as the uh, what happens with PvP and the same reason for why it's still happening in PvP after four years, right? Like, the, and then you know, and then they nerf Sleeper, like almost as like a, can everybody stop complaining? You know, here you go, and then all they ended up doing was hurting like a really long-standing awesome gun, honestly, needlessly, um, because. The, it didn't change. It didn't change anything. Gambit's not suddenly better because they did that. Honestly, I was surprised that like Thunderlord and the Hammerhead. I feel like when we last checked, had higher percentages than um, it had higher percentages than Queenbreakers. Now that could just be because Thunderlord was really easy for everybody to get, and it's super universal. You know, thousand bits from J. Chris. Thank you so much for the thousand bits, dude. <laughs> So it's a good question and it's a good concern. It's a valid concern, and I, I do I do think Bungie is going to make changes. I think they're going to make significant changes. Now I don't think they're going to be able to do the idea I had with relics. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I think they're maybe going to try and limit wall hacks and maybe try and limit you know how often it can happen during during the primeval when the primeval's out. I don't think they're going to change the 25 and 50 thing. They could do some internal things in the game so that, you know, the the clueless dum-dum that keeps going for 15 and dying stops doing it like the game, you know, slowly educates its player base and says going for 15 is kind of stupid. Banking banking as soon as 25 is up is a good strategy. And then if they make it a little bit harder to get multi-team wipes and they make it hard for you to camp the invasion points, invasion could be in a much more reasonable place. You go over, you maybe get a kill, maybe get two. But getting three kills, getting four kills, it'd just be unlikely if they made some tweaks to wall hacks, maybe made some tweaks to the health of the invader. I don't know. 
Um, Morecat says, how can Bungie complain about spending assets uh, on a one-shot campaign and yet they don't ever update the old loot? Uh, is it due to those that haven't purchased the DLC? Um, I don't know if I've ever seen Bungie complain about on spending Bungie complain about spending assets on a one-shot campaign. I think they just said what I've been saying. I don't know if they ever said it this frank in in this frank of a way, but it was just like, dude, th- like n- people play the the freaking campaign one time. Like we need loot, we need we need loopable content, not a campaign. And then the campaigns aren't even that great, you know, usually because you have to play them on all three characters. So campaigns are intentionally kept in like a really like plain short environment. They could make them significantly longer and make them significantly better, but then you only have to you only have to run it once. I feel like they almost have to keep it reasonably short because they know you're going to run it on three characters. So they 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 hurt it on both ends. It's like your first experience, you're like, you know, that that could have been a lot longer. That seemed kind of short. And then when you're rerunning it on your other characters, you're just like, can we just get this over and done with? Like you you like you don't even want to do it. So I think the campaign gets hurt from a lot of different angles. Uh, and that's one of them. And like what you're saying, you know, why can't they bring back the old loot? I don't work there. I don't know. But my speculation is that they were trying to give us as much new stuff as possible. And then they kind of brought some of the old stuff forward just to see how it would behave in the game. And I wouldn't, I could see them doing that to other guns. I could see them saying, Hey, for a season of the drifter, we're bringing forward. A, we're bringing forward a lot. We're bringing forward a lot of stuff. Uh, just to give you more stuff, more loot to chase, more, you know, more, more guns and gear personalization. Uh, Harm, Harmacist says, what, how would you feel about the Borderlands 2 system when it comes to exotics? Where some named enemies have certain ones in their loot pool, along with legendary, uh, pieces. Yeah, see, this could be good for the strike grind, Right? So what if, what if Zavala has his bounties for like, he has a bounty for the origin story and then he has a bounty for like, you know, the Vanguard helmet and that's, that's his stuff for the week. And you can buy those bounties over and over and over and try and get good rolls on the origin story or the helmet, just like I'm trying to get good rolls from Ada right now. And then on top of that, what if you could buy, what if you could buy scout reports from, um, what if you could buy scout reports from him that like increases your likelihood of getting an exotic from a given boss? So you could go to, for example, let's just say you go to the EDZ and you boot up Lake of Shadows and the Lake of Shadows boss has a chance at dropping some exotic, but you don't have it. That's not possible until you buy the Lake of Shadows scout report from Zavala and you buy the scout report and it lasts for like two hours and during that two hours you just run Lake of Shadows over and over and over and over and over and over again and then eventually you know he drops it they could do something like that but they just have to be you have to be careful with exotics exotics are always dancing on the line of if you make them way too accessible you undercut the feeling of exotic. If you make them way too difficult to get, like 1K voices, people just lose interest. They're like, screw this. You know, 
it's been it's been how many months since Forsaken came out and people still didn't get it and then they don't care and their team doesn't care. They move on. So like there there are two pits you can fall into and I do think they have not super heavily but they have sort of fallen into the pit of making exotics too difficult to get and then you add insult to injury with getting a duplicate weapon exotic you know instead of armor like there there's so many of those things happening too that they haven't fixed so they need to, they need to adjust exotics in some respect i don't know the exact answer this idea from borderlands i think could work but again the concern would be don't don't muddy it down and make it too easy you know, if there was a raid NPC, if Petra was basically considered the raid NPC, and after so many raids, you leveled up Petra, and you could buy a 1K Voices Scout report for your runs that week, and it, it goes away after three runs, and gives you a pretty, not a guaranteed drop rate, but a good drop rate, a good chance. I mean, I think that's valid. I think that's another way of making somebody feel like, okay, ranking up Petra, running raids every week has a benefit. I leveled up my rank with Petra by running raids, and that rank opens up her 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 items and her bounties and stuff to me that previously I couldn't do. Um, so, and but I don't know if they have the ability to do that on command you know with the 1k voices we'd have to you know they'd obviously have to come up with something new uh that's not presently in the game which would be like a three of coins for a specific item kind of a thing smack versus the world what do you think about set bonuses perhaps edz guns that are enhanced by having a full edz set I have i have said before that i like the idea of contextual power like an entire armor set you know, from the EDZ giving you benefits on the EDZ. I want to dial that back, though, because my only concern would be it's not really a min-maxing game. Right? So if you're... if you, It's not really a min-maxing game, so, like, why am I going to go for the full set of the EDZ armor and all the guns to get, like, a couple percentage points of damage or whatever? Like, whatever it is you decide to give me, right? That feels slightly out of place because it's like, well, what? Well, who cares? It's not that hard to kill stuff on the EDZ. Now, maybe you get better drops or something like with the Ghost, but then again, my drive to get a full set of EDZ armor and guns, my drive to get a full set of, uh, you know, any any of that stuff. It, it, it's not going to be a super long drive because it's, it's not really meeting a pain point. Like, what are we actually doing? Do you, do you need stronger damage on the EDZ? Like, really? You have to have an EDZ set to unlock a perk on that gun. Oh, so like, see, nah, that might actually work. That might actually work. So like, every gun has a... And this would, this would be min-maxing that's not necessary, but it would still would feel pretty cool. Like, let's say I decide I love this Warden's Law, and then right here, there is, there is like an icon that when I go like this, there's all these icons that are either unlocked or, you know, or not. And I slowly unlock all of them. So right here, it would just be called a world, it would be called a world perk. And I, I highlight that, and I've got an EDZ perk that's unlocked and active, and one for, and then eventually you get one for every planet. So on every planet, my Wardens gets like a slight bump to its stats, you know. You could do that, but again, I don't know how many people are going to be super motivated by that. Like, why do I need 
a, a slight damage increase on the planets. Like, what what content are we doing? It's not like min-maxing in Division where it changes your experience, right? And you're you're able to engage with the hardest content because you're at, you're at the tip top of the pyramid of damage and survival. Destiny just not like that. That's why I think ranking up NPCs and stuff like that. I think you're better served if it's like a if it's like a cosmetic thing, right? Oh, I I look my or, I got ornaments on my guns from the EDZ. I got ornaments on my armor from the EDZ. So it's like a testimony to what you've been doing. If you've been grinding the raid and the raid NPC ranks up and all your raid guns uh and all your raid armor suddenly looks different than somebody else's. I don't know. I feel like people would 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 go for that. People like to to have a testimony. That's why people went went for the titles, right? People went for the titles because it's a clear indication that they went for something and got it in the game. It's like under their name. I mean, it's honestly cool. You see that dredge name under his name, and it's cool. It's a clear, you know, it's it's, it's wow. Look at that. You know, I this this guy's got went through and did a, a title. You know. Mac 2099, instead of reintroducing the old armor sets, make the old armor sets ornaments for the current related set. Example, the Vanguard set. You can grind bounties to earn the ornaments to change the look. As far as guns, bring back the most popular with random rolls, grindable at each vendor. I mean, it's six of one, a half a dozen of the other if you're giving me the ability to grind something at the Vanguard and then I, it's just an ornament. The reason I like the idea of me grinding a bounty for a you know Vanguard gauntlets or grinding the Drifter for you know a Gambit a Gambit helmet is because I can chase perks that I want, right? If you're gonna let me do that and then do ornamental shifts so I can make it look like you know the EDZ armor or something, I guess that works. But I'm trying to take out two birds with one stone. You can grind for the EDZ armor and get the and get the the perks that you want. Because just like grinding for the guns that you want, the perks that you want on the guns from the forge, you would just keep doing it until you got the roll on the gauntlets. You're kind of doing two things. You're giving someone an intentional grind toward perks they want, and then they can set their sights on the armor set that they think looks the dopest. So you're kind of satisfying. You're you're satisfying both ends of the player base, honestly, because there's people that are driven by the cosmetic appearance of their character. There's people that are only driven by by power. Mr. DeBergie, since it's very hard to find the perfect role on each piece of armor in a set for PvE and PvP separately, uh, do you think they could create a grind for the perks that could be placed on any armor set? Wearing different armor pieces from different sets to optimize the activity makes your guardian look ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you're basically just, you're, you're, you're not saying my idea, but that's my idea. Is So you could look the way you want, but chase the perks that you want. I mean, I just... I said it in my talk and I just got done talking about why that is so important because it touches on exactly what you're touching on. You can go for the perks that you want, but then you can also look the way that you want. It's kind of two, two for one. I don't look exactly how I want right now. You know, I, there, 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 it'd be cool if I could go for a helmet that I think looks really dope. Um, but not have to worry about, you know, it looking cool and having terrible perks. And as people have pointed out, a lot of the perks need to be clearer 
and their efficacy. I knew as soon as I had the Wrath of the Machine gauntlets on that I was getting more heavy to drop. The the ammo drop perks need to be far more apparently working. Reloads could could be, I think, could afford to be way faster to free you up the need of chasing, you know, Outlaw and Feeding Frenzy. You know, you could chase a piece of gauntlets that have the reloader on them, and then there'd be a very tangible benefit, because then you could chase a different version of the Blast Furnace. You could chase a different version of the Warden's Law, because you had gauntlets that reload them really, really quick. Um, X, X626. Lono, there are so many cool-looking blue guns, like the Shotgun, the Badlands MK24... Why does Bungie not make legendary versions of these weapons? It would expand the loot pool, uh, and they look sick, but I'm never going to use them because they're blue items. I mean, they already do this, I'm fairly certain. They did this in D1. They 100% did this in D1. They took they took blue gear and repurposed it later. Um, there's a really, really cool Warlock chess piece that has a like a W on the front of it, and I, you know, I would love to have that as a legendary piece. Um, but it's, you know, like you said, it's blue and being blue, you're like, I guess I'm not going to use it. Um, I think they do this. I don't know if they've done it that much lately. Uh, dreaming city is repurposed blue gear. Yeah. I thought, I thought they did that with, with, with other gear. Um, I mean, boots, it's boots aren't a good example. We've got some blue boots in the, in our inventory right now. They're not a good example, right? Of, of, you know, potentially cool looking stuff. We got Feeding Frenzy and Mulligan again. We cannot get Feeding Frenzy Rampage to drop on this uh, this machine gun. But I but I do think they they do it and probably will continue to do it. It's just a matter of time, you know. I don't think Transmog is coming either. I don't think Transmog is is necessarily a good pivot because I, f- I love the fact that an item looks like the place that it came from. I think that's a I think that's a good look and a good I think that works well. Um, so I, I, I do think, I do think that whenever, whenever you're, you're grinding for a piece of gear and it looks a certain way, I think that gives the game a a certain piece, a certain feel, right? It's like, I'm chasing this. And when I chase this, it, it, it looks like it's from the escalation protocol. It looks like it's from Mars. You know what I mean? That that to me, I think is I think is an important piece of Destiny's identity, because whenever whenever I'm in the raid and I'm wearing raid gear or seeing raid gear drop, that's exciting, right? I'm in the raid. But if I unlocked raid appearance, you know, and then I could just make anything look like the raid gear, I don't know. I think that works against it, because uh, then you're then you're then you're almost playing a different version I think you're like playing a different version of destiny uh Giorgio 354 says how did the new forsaken and black armory exotic weapons and catalysts uh to be delivered to us um I don't know if we're gonna have new exotic catalysts and the old ones I, I think they're working on a way to bring them in back into the game uh, quick and deadly. Hey Lono, I know you have had talks about making primary exotics legendary because they don't feel exotic and are not used as much. I think to keep them exotic because PvP would be broken if you allowed everyone to use all the primary exotics as legendary weapons. Wouldn't want something to be able to use Ace of Spades versus with Telesto and Warcliffe in PvP. What do you think? Well, sure. Like that's always a, that's always a problem. Like I don't I don't think you're saying anything that 
I, that we haven't said a million times in these talks. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like dismissing your question, but it's not really a question. You're just pontificating about PvP balances, why we can't use exotics, and you're like, what do I think? Like, that's not really a question. And also, we've covered, I mean, we've covered this up one side, down the other in these talks, right? It, with super strong stuff breaks Crucible, so they have to limit it. So, of course, you can't have your, your, uh, your, your, this, this build that you've outlined in your question, right? Of course you can. Now, something I said was they could take perks from those exotics and put those on pinnacle pieces of gear, like Cosmology from the Graviton Lance, or a version of, you know, all, not every, not every exotic. This doesn't work for every exotic, right? It doesn't. But you could have a version of, you know, what the Crimson does on a legendary. You could have a, like, the Cerberus shouldn't even be an exotic anyway. Like, But you could have a version of what the Telesto does on an, on a legendary and just make it a little bit weaker, keep it in line. So, I think that would be better. King Boomstick, uh, should year one destination planets still drop gear at sub power 400 level um or should the power level match what is dropping for you in forsaken and black armory events doing public events or lost sectors on these planets and you get rewarded 379 power level gear yeah i mean basically once you're at max power it's my personal opinion that everything's just be dropping at your level it doesn't matter like i don't know this idea that this idea that you can't I don't know. Vulcan Tech, if you hit your resub, some of them aren't showing up. Thank you. You said almost a year love the stream. Thank you. I don't know what's going on. We've been having some people whose resubs are not hitting my alerts or my dashboard. Uh, or my dashboard. Um, so yeah, I, and I know it's like, well, you can, you'd, you'd get all that infusion fodder, right? Blues would just be infusion fodder. Um, there it is. Uh, thank you, Vulcan Tech, for 11 months, dude. One more month to the red badge. Uh, Ixman says... Should armor shaders go back to the way they were in D1? I think it would be easier than having to need multiple shaders apiece. First world problems. No, the personalization is nice. I disagree with this. I think it'd be cool if you could go in and apply one to your whole set with the push of a button. Um, That would be nice. I do have notifications off, but that doesn't mean I don't see them. Um, I, I still see it on my dashboard. So yeah, I don't think they need to do this. I like the personalization option. Uh, True Rob, what do you think Bungie will do with the Gambit Sandbox expansion coming out? Uh, This is super, super broad and generic. I hope they make Gambit more fun. I really, really hope the version of Gambit is not PvP, so PvP stressful, but more PvE in its orientation. That That's pretty much it. I don't want to get too specific in my expectations, right? Uh, honored, in terms of quality of life changes, what are your top three that you would like to see Bungie address? Quality of life gets muddy, because I think sometimes people are like, I want this gun and that gun to be stronger. To me, that helps quality of life, right? Like, somebody scolded me on my YouTube. They're like, patching bugs and things is not quality of life. I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, what the frick are you talking about? Quality of life is a pretty broad term, you know? Now, if they went in and made the shader system more streamlined, so, as we just said, so you could basically apply a shader right from your collections, right? Well, yeah, that's a quality of life. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if it needs to always be 
just things like that, just UI streamlined, like ease of use things. I think you can have quality of life adjustments that touch other pieces of the game, you know? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a broad term in my mind. It doesn't always have to be a UI change that makes it easier for you to like, okay, for example, people don't like going back to Ada, you know, they would say that's a quality of life update needed. And some people might be like, no, that's not a quality of life update. A quality of life update would be them streamlining stuff in the UI. I, I think it's all quality of life update. If your experience is better in the game because of what they did, if you can use more guns and different loadouts and you feel more diverse and more empowered to try different things, that to me is a quality of life update. <laughs> you know what I mean? So going back and seeing Adeless and making fusions and snipers viable options I think would be great. I think adding the bounty system to all of the NPCs so at the very least do it for Drifter so I could grind for a trust all week long and know what I'm getting instead of just playing Gambit in, in, in a state of misery and hoping I get a trust to drop create uh, you know create this idea that you could you could you could basically have that that directional intentional grind like we do now that to me is a quality of life update that you know putting those bounties in those NPCs so whatever whatever the case may be i want the game to keep getting better and keep getting more fun and more streamlined and i think a lot of that's quality of life um, i think i think quality of life is a broad is is a broad term but i know sometimes developers might only use it in respect to certain things so the next question is from raise my faith 14 should enhanced perks have a higher chance of rolling on armor in raids dreaming city i run all the sources weekly yeah we talked about this in a previous question yes they should they should be dropping significantly more uh than they are definitely 100 uh just enough i'm um i'm max light Hang on. I want to kill these guys with my power weapon. I'm max light and I don't intentionally do milestones, but I'm still lacking exotics. What are some of the best content to look for exotics? I mean, I think people doing uh, strikes with the the coin, the, 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 what's it called? I always forget the name of this thing. The fire team medallion. That seems to help uh, from what people have said. And then running the the boon too to like increase your drops i've had people say they feel like that helps i there's not there is not an intentional grind for exotics that's just what i've heard um the the exotic drop rate does seem to be higher than it used to because i i get them instead of primes a lot of the time um i get them instead of primes it just pops on the ground i mean i just had one today i feel like almost every play session i get an exotic to drop on the ground so they could be experimenting with better drop rates for uh exotics i don't know because i do feel like they drop maybe they're having them drop more once your max level because you don't need primes i'm not actually sure but i definitely have been seeing more just out in the wild exotics on the ground than i ever have in all of uh in all of destiny 2 uh, Arctic Spartan, what are you most excited about uh, tomorrow's reset? Personally, I'm looking forward to talking to Mara. Um, I mean, there's that, but I just I'm interested to see what Niobe Labs entails, what the new forge is, uh, since it's the last one. Um, you know what 
what exactly what are the guns are we going to be getting cooler guns are we going to be getting cooler stuff like you know i think that that's on everybody's mind because you know the sword was surrounded was cool but you know we've we've had some decent injections of guns to chase the orchid is a solid solid gun uh the the blast furnace with the right roll is really really solid gun you know that go figure archetype being more present in the game is exciting because the go figure you know has been pretty has been a pretty strong uh gun since launch so it's cool to see that archetype you know getting more presence so uh the dequack i don't know if it's been proposed yet but what if year one vendors are updated to be like ada all the year one planetary weapons are brought forwards it's available from those vendors maybe flashpoint enabled literally right from my talk i'm not i'm, I'm not going to answer questions anymore that do that i it's it might be totally by accident but like that's just literally what i said in the talk <laughs> i'm not gonna repeat myself that much because the people that listen to these podcasts and other formats don't want to hear me say the same thing that many times in one day uh Next question is from Commander Tick. Do you think new exotic kinetic sniper should have similar damage as Whisper or less because it's special? It just depends because the way you're using it, I mean, you're 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 using, um, you're 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 taking all the ammo and throwing it into one shot, right? Um, like, I don't I don't think that that's gonna function as the same way as Whisper as far as damage goes. I think they're envisioning it being a pesky thing in Crucible, right? They're making it pesky in Crucible. They want to say, because they said in the trailer, right? They're like, it'll body somebody. Well, that, I mean, that's that's significant. It's not going to function like the Whisper, because the Whisper doesn't body people. You know, it doesn't one-shot body people in in Crucible and in Gambit. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that prevalent, to be honest. I think it's going to feel gimmicky, and it's going to feel like it's hard for people to use it. Because they're going to load it up, and then they're going to run out of ammo really quickly. Or it could be really annoying. I mean, it could go it could go both ways. Because you remember da- you remember ammo dumpers in Crucible whenever their final round. I mean, that was a problem. So it could be like that. It could be really it could be really frustrating to play against because people are just going to go to lanes, get bodies, and then try and get ammo. More cat with Destiny trying to be an evolving world. Do you think we will eventually get access to all Destiny content in all locations eventually? I mean, maybe the only thing standing in this way, uh, the only way that they would they would do this is, I don't even know how they would do it because I know the consoles have limitation of memory and stuff. You know, there's only so much they can do because it's like they they'll run out of space. You know. Chev Z 2003. I think Destiny, uh, Destiny is important. I like to look cool. I feel vanilla D2 was too much uh, Destiny because armor didn't matter. Uh, I have raid gloves and enhanced hand cannon loader and shoddy scavenger, and I never take them off. How do you think they can fix that? Also, flinching needs to be better. It's okay if you settle into loot and you never take it off. There's nothing wrong with that, but being intentional about how you look by chasing certain armor, I think is a valid is a valid value point to ask for. Uh, Paragon Nate, I hardly play my Titan. I've even remade the character twice in an attempt to get a feel for the way he plays. Uh, Titan is and still, uh, well, the Titan is, and I still don't enjoy Titan. I feel like they're just weaker than the other classes outside of one-eyed masks. Do you think Titans could use a buff to make them better? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, Code of the Missile's strong with Ballistic Slam and Skull Fort. Uh, Ursa Furiosa is really, really strong. If that, if you like playing the 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 tight the 
I'm sorry, the Void subclass. Uh, Melting Point is one of the strongest, I think the strongest debuff in the game. Uh, Titans are the fastest class in the game with skating. Um, I I don't know. Saying Titans are weak is funny, honestly. I feel like all the classes are really strong. Dawnblade is really strong in Crucible. You know, Shards of Galanor, Blade Barrage, Knife Trick is really strong on a Hunter. Titans are, are not weak at all. Um, so... It could just be sometimes sometimes shoes just don't fit your feet, you know? You could go buy the most expensive pair of shoes, but they, 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 the way they cut them, maybe they're too narrow, maybe they're too short, maybe they're too tight around your, you know, the, the ankles or something. Like, there's just sometimes stuff that just doesn't jive with you. I mean, it could just be that the Titan just doesn't jive with you, but you can't claim that a Titan's weak. Titans are super strong. Um, yo, what's good, WTF Game Nation? Uh, they are agreeing. They're agreeing. Um, he says, they're saying, I take a buff, but they don't need one. Yeah, they, I, don't, I certainly don't think they need them. They've got some really, really strong builds uh, in the game. Rally Barricade especially, too, with just some of the way the weapons function in this game. Lotus. Could you see the farm coming back in an interesting way? Seems like everything else, just temporary wasted space for the vanilla campaign. I don't really care. It's not that big of an area. It doesn't matter. It's just a social space. Social spaces don't matter. You don't spend any significant amount of time there. So in the nicest way possible, who cares about the farm? (laughs) Don't waste any development time on it. And it was part of the story. And I think that was needed. We needed to feel like we were kind of out in the wild and surviving and trying to rebuild. The campaign was just too short. If the campaign was longer and you spent way more time kind of dealing with uh, dealing with that, I think it would have been cooler, but there was, the, the campaign was so short, it just, it didn't give you, it didn't give you this feel of like, we're out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Uh, Sata OMG. Hi Lono, what do you think about including some kind of recalibration station in Destiny 2, like in Division, where you can re-roll? Uh, I'm gonna stop you right here. No. Rerolling, rerolling gear, rerolling armor. I'm never okay with because that's that's in division for a reason. Division's a min-maxing game. Now, rerolling exotic armor to me is different, and I'll tell you why. Glass needles were never. I mean, you always you had to spend a decent amount to get them, and once you have an exotic, you have the exotic, right? Once you have an exotic, you've gotten the exotic, and rerolling it to suit your needs, I think, is totally fine. Rerolling guns, rerolling armor, just completely grates against loot pursuit. You just get the gear that you want. You just dump stuff into it. You just dump shards, currency, whatever you're gonna do, however costly you're gonna make it. I just am never ever gonna think that rerolling is good, uh, and it's never gonna come back. To be honest, if it ever comes back, it's only coming back for exotics with glass needles, because I, I that's just such a unique. Uh, situation. Now, I've put forth the idea that I really liked the re-rolling in Wrath of the Machine with the internal currency, but I feel like that's completely and utterly different because then you're giving me a reason to grind beyond um, you know, beyond that initial that initial three, uh, and grinding a lot gives me empowerment as a raider to craft my gear over time. It wasn't guaranteed. I used a lot of shards to get the rolls that I wanted on my gauntlets. So, but I don't want to just be able to go to the tower and re-roll any piece of gear. Um, Fatal Symphony. Why is it uh, when the community finds an issue, the solution is always revert back to year one. Why not do something completely new? I've 
feel like you're falsely summarizing virtually every idea that has come forward in this community as well as in my talks. No one's, no one has said to revert back to year one at all. Number one, you're falsely summarizing what I said today. If you're saying that I'm saying revert back to year one, I'm not saying revert back to year one. Year one was freaking terrible. I'm saying repurpose year one gear so that it, you know, we can grind for it and it matters again. Nobody wants to revert to year one at all. You might be misunderstanding what a lot of us are saying. Like, there's just all this unused loot, you know? Listen, what's to be gained? What's to be gained by them creating new loot that's basically clones of loot that we've already that already exists in the game, but they just make it look a little bit different. I'm okay with aesthetics, and I like aesthetics. You know, I like things to look cool. I love the way the Forge stuff looks. But if you give me the choice of... If you give me the choice of 100 new pieces of loot, right... And it's basically all the year one stuff, but it, you can get it with random rolls, right? You can get it with random rolls, you can get it with the mod system, etc. And you can grind for it. 100 pieces of loot, or like 25 pieces of brand new loot. I'm going to go with the 100, because the quantity, I think, is better in that regard. Like, at the end of the day, the look of the weapons does matter, but if you if I have way more to chase... If I have way more to chase, I think that's a bigger net benefit for the community than being like, no, 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 it all needs to look completely and utterly different, you know? I t- And again, I said they could do something with, you know, uh, with ornaments, obviously, because you're grinding, and then that could make the, 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 the guns look different, but they created so much, think about it like this, too, think about it like this, I'm going to make a point I haven't made yet, okay? All of this, all of the year one loot, all the year one loot was honestly wasted on that era of the game, too, because that era of the game sucked. So, like, all this cool-looking loot, the Mananan, the Nurgle, the, the, the Lincoln Green, the old-fashioned, like, all that loot is wasted. It's completely and utterly wasted on that era of the game because that era of the game sucked. So it's not even like we look back fondly and think about, oh, man, the loot during year one was so great. They made it all, it sucked then, and now it's just sitting in a dustbin. So to me, there's a lot of reasons to bring it all forward. I've changed my position on this because I thought they were going to have all of the NPCs get new loot pools, new armor, new guns, and they didn't do that, right? They didn't do that. They went, oh, well, we better pivot, you know, we better pivot to all only new loot in the new areas and I, I get that to a certain degree like at the ground level when Forsaken launched you wanted people chasing the new stuff and in the new stuff but now we're kind of we've outgrown that idea and since, instead of constantly adding new loot that isn't super different they can introduce new ornaments uh, for guns we already have too I'd like to be able to change how my half dan looks that's exactly what I said in my in my my talk lethal is you hit so many birds with 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 one stone if you let us grind for the old gear you use the Ada bounty so you can intentionally chase that half dan get the roll you want and as you level up banshee for that season there's an ornament for your half dan like so many layers of value there with little I mean little Honestly, think about it. That, that, that can't take that much development time. A bounty that guarantees the half dan to drop. You give the half dan already has the year two treatment, right? Already has the year two treatment, so you can grind for the role that you want, and then make a cool ornament for it. Come on, man! The art team can come up with ornaments for these guns. They can. It, it, it can't take that. It can't take that long. Look at the crap they crank out in the Eververse. Uh, Relectus, I don't know if you skipped it or if I have, uh, haven't gotten to it. How can you have communication with raids on stream without chaos? I just started watching, so I haven't seen you raid yet. 
I mean, what do you mean chaos? I've never run a raid on stream or off stream, even when I ran Vogue and Crota. It was never chaos and screaming and yelling. It was people talking and making call outs and communicating and doing it. I mean, if you watch James work, syntax seven, uh, Sarah Daniels, uh, anybody that's known for raiding in the directory, WTF game nation, you're not going to watch those guys and be like, Oh my gosh, it's chaos. I can't listen. It's just them talking with the, the fire team. Now it does take away from the ability to interact a little bit, which is one of the reasons I don't like running raids because I want to talk to you guys. I want to read chat. I want to have back and forth. I want to have a debate and it's tough for me to do that. If I'm like, yeah, dude, that's a really good point, but we got to consider, Oh, hang on a second. Yep. Dragon breathing fire to the left. Yep. Okay. Come on. And I got to be quiet for the other guys to call out their, their dragon breathing fire to the right. You know, there's almost, there's always, there's always quiet and all this conversation. I get interrupted mid thought. I don't like that. That's why I don't run that kind of content that often. What's my wish list for D3? I don't really have one. Roll your D. Uh, it seemed like in Destiny 1 they gave us a reason to visit the NPCs. What are your thoughts on the planetary NPCs and their bounties? They feel lackluster. My entire talk and all of today has been about this. This question has been answered uh, like probably like tenfold. Uh, estimated profit. Um, and I, it's not that I don't appreciate the question. It's just that I'm not going to restate everything I've said for the last hour and a half. That's not good content. So... Um, we've, we've addressed that. I think you've gotten a satisfactory answer up to this point. Uh, estimated profit. Do you think Black Armory would have been better received if we unlocked the forges on one character and they were open on all three? I think the grind to open the forges is unnecessarily long when applied to all three tunes. Oh no, yes. This is a quality of life improvement. Quit making us go back to Ada. Um, quit making us go back to Ada and, and, and don't make us open the forges once per character. You submitted earlier. Yeah, you don't got to apologize. I just want you to know why I'm uh, why I'm why I'm blazing past your question. I don't want you to think that like I don't like your question. I'm just trying to make it like good for the people listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. But I'm also trying to let you know like why you're getting brushed past. Like, and I know you. You're a good homie. You're not gonna get mad that I br- you know brushed over your question. Uh, low golly. Do you think we'll ever see? A new three-man mini raid type dungeon like Shattered Throne. That was super fun for me and my two friends. You know, Penumbra would be the next time they might do it. And if not Penumbra, maybe in September. I don't think we're going to get one with uh, Joker's Wild. I think it's cool to do that type of content. But Bungie has to look at engagement numbers. And when they make really, 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 really tough content, if it takes a long time for them to make and it's just low, low engagement, they're not going to do that that often. That's why we're getting, like, one raid, one big raid a year, and then two smaller raids. Yeah, because, I mean, they spread that out, right? Because it doesn't get tons of engagement. JJ Saxon. Ada 1 is getting a good example of NPCs, uh, is setting a good example of NPCs moving forward. Daily, weekly bounties, intentional, powerful rewards, not to mention she has a fascinating backstory, provided through the Black Armory papers. However, having to constantly go and talk to her uh, to advance quests hampers gameplay flow, especially on console. Oh yes, console load times are terrible. Uh, What would you... Uh, what would you reinforce and what would you tweak with Drifter and Joker's Wild? Give him intentional uh, pursuits and then here's what I would do. You buy the frame from Ada and it should just be in your inventory and it's always there and you can charge it for that week. And then obviously it says on it expires in seven days because they rotate it. So you can't do the machine gun for forever, right? They rotate it. So each week you go to Drifter or you go to Ada and you buy the bounty for that week. And it just stays in your inventory. You fill it, you complete it, 
and it resets it. Now, this might take some finesse from Bungie. They've never done a bounty that basically stays in your inventory that you just keep filling and refilling, and then every time you get, you know, so many intervals, you get a gun to drop, right? That's the only thing. Now, they could just have it, because since the gun doesn't really drop from the bounty, it drops from the forge, maybe that might make it easier. It's just a boon that they put in your inventory, and then every so many forge completions, the gun drops. Like, do we really need to go and get the seeds? Do we really need to do something specific? Like, you know, use your use your, uh, use your your heavy weapon on the heavy enemies, which I think I'm supposed to be doing now. Um, I'm actually not sure what step I'm on. No, I just need to complete it. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think if it was just a boon or, like, a ticket that was just in your inventory, then every so many completions you would just get that gun. Well, what do you do, Lono, when it's the machine gun and the auto rifle? Well, then, yeah, you would buy the machine gun, and as you run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, the machine gun's dropping every so many completions, you know, every third completions or something. And then if you want to switch to do the auto rifle, you go to her and you buy that one, right? That would, I think, be the best way to do it. Do the same thing with Drifter. If they bring Drifter the intentional bounties that that, that, that Ada has, you you don't, you don't want to bring the you don't want to duplicate a problem. Oh yeah, you gotta go you gotta go back to Drifter every single time. That'd be frustrating. Uh, Death Starfish, Morning Lono. I think NPCs should function like our playlist rank ups. Maybe every five is a drop, not powerful. Every ten uh, rank ups is a powerful, all XP based. Uh, though, like in D1, I dislike the token system very much. I think we're missing a key part of the game due to NPC armor shaders, ships, sparrows. What's your stance on it? Oh, I missed that in my talk. I had it written down too. shaders, ships and sparrows from, you know, different ranks, you know, so you could get like a, a very clear ship that's inspired by Gambit or, you know, Vanguard or whatever by ranking up that NPC. Uh, that could be cool too. Those aren't super important though. Uh, those aren't super important because I think a lot of people just shrug at those. But I think that could be another way to add some flavor. Uh, Papa Crabman, what about adding a similar system to the augmented weapons to armor so you can get enhanced perks or an extra perk on any piece of armor from bounties? Yeah, that'd be good. I, I don't know if that extra perk does enough, though. I mean, obviously, it increases your chances of getting something that you want because it's one more perk in the roll. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know if that's the answer to armor. I just think intentional, intentional armor grind is needed, and... And the old armor and the bounty system with Ada could be a perfect solution to do it. More cat. Uh, in reworking NPCs for more intentional loop, should these NPC sets be able to get enhanced perks? Yeah, I think enhanced perks just need to come to the game. I don't think I think limiting them to certain certain gear sets is silly. It's not that big enough of a difference. Um, you know, it just isn't a big enough of a difference to matter. And so it just makes you be like, well, I could get enhanced on all this stuff. I think enhanced should just be in the pool for everything. Um, or, or as we said before, you can use enhancement cores to enhance any perk up to enhanced, right? Because that would add, that would add that end game grind for people. Like, wow, if I, if I grind for enough enhancement cores, I got these gauntlets that I wanted from the EDZ and they have hand cannon reloader on it. And now I can just make them enhanced. Um, that would be cool too. That would be a really, really good, uh, end game investment system. Uh, perfect wolf says, 
how would you feel about dynamic shaders for armor and weapons? Kind of like how the whisper looks in like now. Yeah, moving shaders. There's there's a couple in the game now. Some of the new ones. Um, there's a couple in the game now. I think more shaders that do movement, especially like let's say you rank up. Devrim K really really far it'd be cool to get an EDZ inspired camouflage shader that moved and was animated that'd be neat right because then you could look like almost like a living forest you know it's like the active camouflage if you read the wheel of time uh, if you read the wheel of time books right the the wards that travel with the Aes Sedai the, the, the really really strong female like almost like they're like mages right the guys that travel with them and get bonded to them have these like cloaks that shift in color and appearance and it's almost nauseating to look at if you're up close to them because it's a form of camouflage it'd be cool to have you know shaders that did similar things to your armor made it you know move and feel cool uh dr cleveland says have you done a video about your ideas to increase effectiveness of armor perks no that's a that's a good one though armor perks are definitely in need of some help um, we should probably do one about that, um, cause armor perks are definitely, I think a good grind, uh, you know, let's see here, add it to our list, armor, uh, perk strength, or just armor perks in general, are they working, question mark, you know what I mean, we don't even know if some of them are working, we honestly don't, you know, uh, Benura says, you think they should change the marker that shows your level and sh- should be power level? Yeah, for real. Like, what's it matter that that guy's 50? It'd be cool to look at him and know what his power level is. So, you know, when you're at max or whatnot, that'd be cool. And then you could implement some of the ideas of, like, that people have had about, like, resetting your power level, right? Like you could have your number with like a star by it or like you could get up to five stars like reset your rank up to five times you know and just go through the leveling again you know something XP based you know could be pretty cool it could be a pretty cool uh, way to give you that that again just that presence in the game that says I play a lot here's the things I've done here's the things I do Uh, it could be good going back to the tower T-Funk. Personally, I hate bounties. How can Bungie take out bounties and still give more intentional grind? I, I like bounties. I think taking out bounties would be a mistake. Bounties are part and parcel to the experience. They were huge in D1 and people celebrated their return. So this isn't going to happen. They're not going to bring back bounties and, and and not just bring back bounties, but they brought back bounties and they've iterated on the idea of a bounty with Ada. They're not going to do all that and then devolve all of it and then take them out. You know what I mean? Matrix, I know you're against re-rolling, but what if there was a challenging event similar to a dungeon and their award uh, was re-rolling any gun or piece of armor? No. I don't like it. I don't. And and getting to do it one time doing something really, really, st- like, that takes forever? No. I, it just doesn't It just doesn't have any place in Destiny. I'm using uh, Metallic Sunrise is the shader that I'm using. It's very similar to Buffer Overflow. Buffer Overflow is one of my favorite shaders as well. Uh, it can make you look really, really cool. A little too much blue for my taste on the buffer overflow, so I went with Metallic Sunrise because it's a nice combination of like gold, chrome, red, and gray. Um, LXL7, what do you think about having Crucible Lab Mayhem Mode where you can wear exotics in every armor slot? No, I don't want to do this because then everybody would feel like not having all exotics on is boring. You don't want to expose people to that. Uh, 
it's like letting your kid watch a really intense cartoon that's like like blowing their mind and then asking them to go on a hike it's like they're gonna think the hike is boring because they just watch this amazing cartoon right the real world is so bland in comparison uh what if all the guns from year one with random rolls were tied to heroic story missions? That could be another place to grind for them, yeah. Blance or Eden. What do you think they will ever bring back uh, older ornaments and stuff? I miss out on a lot of them, and I feel like it'd be great to have them back again. Yeah, there were a lot with the factions and stuff. Again, they could bring them back and repurpose them. Chris Backus. How about being able to transfer armor rolls into the one that we like? Like infusing uh, like infusing a perk? Yeah, it, perk infusion I would be okay with, because then it's not transmog. If you got a pair of gloves that you really like the way that they look and then you infuse hand cannon loader into them we're still working within the, the the identity of destiny and how destiny functions right you're infusing you're infusing a perk into the gun you're not like cherry picking and saying well I love the way the raid gauntlets work so I'm going to change these gauntlets to look like raid gauntlets I don't that, that just doesn't feel like destiny to me that feels like something else that feels like another game um, and so I think infusing perks would get transmog folks what they want, but they would it would work within existing systems in Destiny. Chev Z two thousand three. Uh, the intentional loot grind you've been talking about is in the game with Ada's blue frames. Uh, you can get a guaranteed gambit weapon from the gambit frame. I think the only issue is that you can only do it once per week. Yeah, and I have no idea what gambit gun I'm gonna get. I can roll over my gambit, you know, rank, and I get a gambit item i can do gambit bounties from drifter right now and get random gambit items so no it doesn't exist i don't know what i'm getting if i really want to trust and you give me a bygones that that doesn't that's that's not that's not what i'm talking about i go to ada i buy the bounty for for the machine gun and i get the machine gun every time you know what i mean and it takes like three to four games to complete the bounty yeah i'm not gonna do three to four games to complete gambit to get one gun you know what i mean it's like two forge completions to get the frame. Yeah, it's three forge completions if you also farm for your modulus report. So it's like three forges to get a gun that I know I'm getting. It's way better system. Hashtag, do you think that Bungie has learned fully from the mistakes of Vanilla D2 and Osiris? Yes, I do. Grizz1, do you think they need more activities like Archon's Forge where you get the keys... Uh, and then you put it in, and there's different tiers, but also has different enemies each time. I know Blind Well is like that, but I want to fight all kinds of ads. Well, I mean, Blind Well, the ads rotate each week. It's a, it's a mixture. It's not always the same. Sometimes it's Hive, sometimes it's Scourge, sometimes it's Taken. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm pretty sure that the, the Blind Well rotates. And yes, I personally think the Forges should have done this. I think the Forges should have done the the tier difficulty of 600 625 and 650 and when you ignite it at 650 you get better rewards you get more rewards or whatever and it's harder right you tier the difficulty i think that was that was a missed opportunity again that would have helped accessibility but it also would have helped make it more interesting because like once you're 650 the forges are really boring because they're 625 if you're well under 625 the forges are too hard it kind of hurts people on both ends of the spectrum um, hashtag, you think they should release a prestige version of Scourge of the Past? No. Uh, Drucifer, what do you think about Niobe's Torment, uh, Niobe's Lab, you mean? Will consist of, oh, is it called Niobe's Torment? I didn't know that. Endless Forge, with reaching higher levels, it gives better rewards. I would love an Endless Forge. I mean, if they do that, though, they're gonna make all the other forges, nobody's gonna touch them. That'd be the problem, right? If they suddenly, if they suddenly decide to do, like, a, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do a, uh, 
a, a, this new forge, this new forge is never ending, and you can get really dope loot and really dope rewards. Well, then no one's going to go do the old forges. I mean, I guess they still would because that's the only way to get the certain weapons, but I don't know. If you wanted all of them, if you wanted all of them to be that way, that'd be cool too. Like we unlock like some type of forge prestige or heroic version. Regarding infusion, do you think it would help if there was a way to infuse the same weapon type or armor piece if it only would cost glimmer and shards? If there were different weapon or armor, then it would cost more? Sorry if this doesn't make sense. I mean, infusions just need, they need, the enhancement course is going to come out of infusion. Just watch it happen. It's going to happen. Everybody, everybody dying on that hill and holding onto that flag on that ship. You're going down with the ship. The enhancement cores are coming out of infusion. Once they do that, I think infusion is fine. I think infusion is totally fine. There is a structure of cost already. If it's if it's like for like, it's just glimmer, right? If you infuse the not forgotten into the not forgotten, that's a bad example because um, that's not like a random drop. If I infuse a subtle calamity into a subtle calamity, it's just glimmer. That's already a, an economic system in the game. T Funk, do you think you could do a summary video like enhancement core to enhance armor perks and some ideas that keep getting thrown back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we need to do something about that and do a whole video on it. I think I, I listen to these Q and A's again later for that reason because I get a lot of ideas for talks from them. Arctic Spartan says. Uh, how would you feel about armor perks that affected weapons? For example, a perk on a chest piece that added a rampage stack or increased outlaw reload speed. Um, I think you can get a little too extreme with what perks do. And I think that one might be a little bit too extreme. You don't want to just totally, totally reach and, and, and make it to where... Like, okay, here in my mind, armor perks are supposed to affect, like, your movement. They're supposed to affect, like, what drops in the game, how fast you reload, maybe how fast you get your shield back, how fast you recoup, stuff like that. When you start getting into, like, adding perks to guns off of a, off of a, off of a chess piece and stuff like that, I think you start getting into the theater of, what I call the theater of the absurd, Right? You just get into the theater of the absurd. You're like, well, the gun, like a, a, a rampage spec rampage gun is already really strong and it already functions at the, at the, at the height of primary efficiency. Like it already does. So, um, I would think, I would think that that's, that's too, that's too far. I also think that the perks in the game that they put on the armor is good. It just needs to be more apparent that it's working. Like, armor drop rate and ammo speed and stuff like that could be, you know, could be stronger or again, just more apparent that they're working because the armor drop ones just don't seem to be working at all from, you know, virtually every, every study that people have done. Give me one second here. Uh, with talks regarding advanced armor and weapon perks and god rolls, do you believe it becoming an issue with how powerful we are becoming? Essentially, the only challenge left in the game is light level difference upon expansion release. Do you agree? Well, there's nothing at there's nothing at max level, right? You know, there's nothing at max level. Like, why isn't this why isn't this a 650 encounter? Why can't I go run 650 encounters so they are hard? You know what I'm saying? Like, match my power, match my damage output. I think I think that's a missed opportunity. Paragon Nate, a follow-up to my first question. Since some characters just don't fit the playstyle of players aren't as fun to some people, do you think they should get rid of the only one powerful per character per week? 
The rhythm of powerfuls and milestones needs tweaked regardless of how they handle it per character per week. Like, all the milestones, I think, should be resetting more often to, again, alleviate this. And then you, you wouldn't feel the need to create two and three titans, you see? There'd be no point. You just play the game. There's just a rhythm of reward. You don't have to like, oh, I gotta make another character so I can do more milestones. Oh, but the milestones are limited per character. The only reason they do that is because of the stupid leveling. That's the only reason they do that. Because they can't just put in a dumb hard cap. They gotta do this crap or they try and slow people down. And they get around the soft caps anyway. Like, give up that fight, Bungie. You've lost. Every time you've tried to keep us from being overleveled, you have failed. Wrath of the Machine scourge of the past like nobody was over leveled for for last wish but that was like they strong armed that i actually i actually feel like they raised the power level of last wish after people leveled up i think they were like we need to raise it because the scaling in last wish was stupid like the second encounter pretty much everybody was under leveled i think they just raised it because people were going to be over leveled right they're just, they haven't done a good job. Like, every time they've tried to do it, they failed, so stop doing it. Just do a global hard cap so nobody can go into the raid overleveled. And then the game just rhythmically gives you things that level you up. So we don't have to play this milestone duplicate character, deleting a character, making another character. Like, every loophole that you can think of that you try to stop people, you don't have to do that if you just do a global hard cap. You know, I. It doesn't make any sense. And the hard cap's only needed for the raid purposes, right? It's only needed for the raid purposes. It's the only reason that, it, that it's needed. It's not needed for any other reason. So I, to me, it's like the solution is just plain as day right there. Yeah, global hard cap. So Scourge of the Past is... is what, what are we now? What, what's my power level? 650. So Scourge of the Past was, I think, at the very end. I don't even know what the power levels are in Scourge. But people went in at level with the encounter, and that's like that's that's not really how it's supposed to work, right? You're supposed to go in and be under-leveled so that it's, it's slightly out of reach, and then as you play through it, you're getting drops and potentially leveling up or whatever, right? That's how it's supposed to work. They should have basically said, nobody can get higher than 630. No matter how much you play, no matter how much you do, no matter how many drops you get, you can't get beyond 630. It's what they should have done. And then it's an even playing field when you go in. Your world's first race is sullied by exploits, cheeses, bad or good RNG. Like, so people that go in and win are over-leveled. They're stronger level than other people. It's an, un- it's an, un- it's an unfair race. It's dumb. A global a global hard cap solves all these problems. And then you don't have to do this thing where you punish people. You're like, oh, you've got multiple characters. You have two titans. Yeah, well, titan number two isn't going to get any drops because we don't want people to use that as a way of leveling up like and getting higher than they're supposed to be. You're, you're having to legislate so much nonsense instead of just being like, you can't get any higher than 630 for the first two weeks or something. Q Manning, do you think we'll get weapon crafting eventually, like what we saw in the Dawning, maybe uh, D3 to entice us to buy? I don't know if crafting will ever really work in this game. It's just such a different idea. Um, we've never really crafted stuff. I don't even know what you mean by in the Dawning. We didn't craft anything in the Dawning. Um, we baked stuff and then got rewards for baking stuff. 
Um, there's never been any level. There's never even been a whisper of crafting in Destiny. Um, baking cookies and then getting a random reward like that was no different than. It wasn't that different than turning tokens and then getting a random engram. Um, so the the franchise is too established at this point, I think, to make a big pivot like that, right? Imagine, imagine, you know, a game like Fallout or a game like, you know, the Elder Scrolls Online being like, yeah, and we're get, we're there's no crafting now. People be like, what? That's a major piece of the game. That's a major, you know, lane of engagement that I do each week. They get their crafting bounties, they get their materials, and they, you know, they craft their armor, they craft their weapons. That's that's part and parcel to the, the, the identity of those games, and to suddenly get rid of it would be dramatic, just like suddenly adding crafting would be hugely dramatic. Uh, the Gale Monev. Do you think that once we have all the armor from Ada, she has a bounty for one of the armor pieces every week? I just think she'd have the armor. She should just have bounties. Uh, she should have bounties for the armor no matter what. It shouldn't just be because you get a full set. Uh, the real say, what do you think the game, uh, what do you think of the game put you in any forge without any fire team? This is a, this like read your sentences, please. That, if you don't want to have a fire team, maybe is what they're trying to ask. Uh, that's not even a complete sentence. It's 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 like a broken sentence. If you want to run forges by yourself, that could be. I think that should be doable. Or firewall, like we did in uh, Festival of the Lost. So if your buddy has to leave and come right back, he can. Like, but I don't really know what you're trying to ask. Um, Skillakilla, why do you think there isn't any Nightfall specific armor and no exotic class items? I don't know. I mean, Nightfall specific drops for for you know the guns was like a value add late. It wasn't an initial value add, so maybe that's why. Um, there are uh, they're not Nightfall, but there are armor drops from the uh, from the Barons, but the, it's not. Yeah, it's not like that. Spunky420, what if they just change the engram in every season like they do with the Eververse? This way the engrams max out with last season. Yeah, we've talked about this, like the Iron Banner bounties and stuff that people were saving. Um, it should just literally say in the bounty, powerful engram, max 650. Like all the Iron Banner bounties should just say that. It should just say, it's like you go and you highlight it and it shows your little reward and it says, you know... The, the powerful engram reward and then in parentheses max 650 and nobody could complain about that you didn't earn it you you earned that engram when that was the max and you're still getting your reward they're not taking the reward away from you uh, Will Stizzle a guy in chat asked if you think we should be able to trade this sounds like a cool idea if it's for raid gear we haven't acquired yet nope trading trading needs to never come to destiny trading is terrible for loot based games it is trading is terrible uh, for loot-based games, but the way they do it in this game or that game, it works really well. No, I, I, I don't. You don't want trading in Destiny, right? Intentional loot grind with RNG, yes, because then you can keep chasing and keep going. Trading, trading grates against that that identity, the identity of a looter shooter. It's just like, I don't know. And then, and then people dupe. You know, people think about it like this. Okay, think about it like this. People find loopholes and ways around virtually everything Destiny creates, like leveling loopholes, doing this, doing that, blah, 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 blah. They always find a way around. 
and people would find a way around and they would be duping almost assuredly like listen i love bungie but their quality control on stuff like this they don't have the best track record i don't really trust them to implement trading uh in this engine without it getting exploited it just it'd be i don't know i feel like people would figure out a way to exploit it and they would exploit the frick out of it and there'd be duping you know oh you need 1k voices yeah no problem you know here's mine and then they quickly basically crash the game they quickly crash the game and then it doesn't count so they still have it and you have one too stuff like that last question from wt do you feel like year three annual pass there's another one from q manning as well after this do you feel like year three annual pass could have any d1 uh d2 year one npc sending us back to the d1 locations to take care of the enemies on that planet example devram sends us back to the cosmodrome to take care of the fallen sloan sends us into the hellmouth to take care of the hive right it wouldn't be the full planet just that section that's not a bad idea that's not a bad idea i would like the annual pass um i would like the next annual pass to take us back to the old raids too um i think that could be pretty cool um q manning follow up in the dawning ingredients dropped by doing things combinations of the ingredients gave us specific cookies Having parts drop in the world, putting them together in specific combinations and forging them could give you specific results. So instead of running 10 forge runs for a roll on the hand cannon, you could instead forge the weapon you want with the bits you want. Grind is still there, but for the pieces, doesn't replace current style weapon drops is an augment. No, it does. It does. It does replace the current style because that's, a, that's, that's weapon crafting. That's not, that's not weapon farming. And weapon crafting will never come to destiny. And I'll do everything I can with my platform to always speak against it because I think it's terrible. I think weapon crafting has its place, but it doesn't have its place in a loot pursuit game. When I play Borderlands, I don't want to craft my weapons. I want to find them. I want them to drop. I want to farm for them. I want to know their place of origin and go after them. And going like going for the ingredients, yeah, that's a grind, but it's just different. You're just crafting god rolls based off of time investment. You just put enough time, dude. You just get the right ingredients, then you just bake your bake your god roll. That's boring. There's no there's no moment of elation. There's no oh I got it I got it. There's none of that. There's none of that. It's just oh yeah I put in enough time I got it. Why not have both? Because I think it's terrible. I don't think it belongs in a game like this, and I'm always going to argue against it. Whether that's my bias or not, I think if you look at the history of Destiny and Borderlands and other looter shooters, crafting isn't present, and I don't want it to be present. It's not why I fell in love with Destiny. It would hurt It would hurt Destiny, I think. To be like, if you go and forge for this ingredient and that ingredient, all right, and then you go do this and you go do that, and everyone goes on Reddit and they find the perfect recipes, and everyone gets on Reddit in the forums and they find the the fastest way to get those recipes and the fastest way to get those things. Everybody's just making god rolls, and there's no loot pursuit anymore, right? Oh well, you could have some that and some not. It's like, well, still though, but why am I gonna grind for a, a, a god roll if I can just make one? It just, you don't, the, the reason that Destiny and games like this are, are are addicting, the reason that looter shooters are so fun and satisfying and you can't stop playing, crafting works against that. Trust me, it does. There's psychological research behind why this game's so addicting, and crafting will never be in this game for that reason. It just won't. It won't. Paragon 8, what do you think they should do to add content into the Infinite Forest year-round? I understand why it's not changing platform. Uh, I think they could do what they did with the Haunted Forest and just have it rotate. Bosses are different each week. Weapons that they drop are different each week, and you could just grind it for the role that you want. 
um, you know, and do maybe even do bounties or just not. Again, just have it rotate a boss, rotate a rotate a thing. You're assuming it would be quick and easy. It'd be extremely long and tedious. Yeah, and the breakneck grind was not exciting. It was stupid, and so would so would a long grind for forging a god roll. Like chasing a god roll is addicting. The freaking breakneck grind was lame, and it was boring. And people basically botted their way to getting it because they didn't want to play the forty games. It was long and drawn out to build your god roll. That's boring. You're just you're literally just doing a chore. You're punching a time card to get a god roll. It just doesn't belong in a loot pursuit game. It's a moot point, man. They're never gonna put that in Destiny. I promise you, they won't. It's just not in line with the identity that they've established for themselves. It's just a totally different style game. Um, so, chasing a god roll is not addicting if the content sucks booty cheeks. Yeah, and so you just argued against yourself, Milo, because you just said they could make it long and tedious. So going for a forging a god roll, it, it, it wouldn't be good if the grind is booty cheeks to get it. Like you don't think that you don't think the forges are fun, but like Destiny content loop is this: kill ads, kill majors, kill a boss, do it again. Kill ads, kill majors, kill a boss, do it again. That's Destiny. That's been Destiny since vanilla. If you're burned out, that's not the content's fault. That's just you've hit you've hit your your limit and you need to not you specifically you anybody who feels that way you play something else take a break you know what i'm saying like to a certain extent like if 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 you're not jiving with with destiny and because you think the content's booty cheeks i got news for you this grind and this content is far more invigorating and exciting and far more like dynamic than any of the grind we did in d1 the difference is, is people are getting people are getting franchise fatigue and then blaming the content. You're, I mean, if you have franchise fatigue, you can't blame the content. You know what I mean? Fr- like franchise fatigue happens. You get you get burnt out on the game. You get burnt out on the content, and a break helps. I didn't do anything in D1 that was as fun and as exciting as this. We just ran strike after strike after strike after strike. Wrath of the Machine was great because Wrath of the Machine was like a really, really cool and fun strike because of how fast and efficiently we could run it and how fun the encounters were. And then the rewards were really, really dope. I just, if you look at the scope of Destiny 2 and all the things we can do in Destiny 2 and all the pockets of grind, and your conclusion is that all the content's booty cheeks and not worth grinding, then I think you're playing the wrong game. Because I think Destiny 2's content is, is in a very, very good and satisfying spot, and you're burnt out. And you being burned out cannot be blamed on the content. I think sometimes people just get, you just get burned out. It just, it happens. It 100% happens. And there's nothing wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Getting burned out happens in virtually any game. Whether it's World of Warcraft, Destiny, Elder Scrolls Online, Diablo 3, Borderlands 2. Any game where you grind for loot. Like, dude, I got freaking sick. I got freaking sick of Borderlands. Right? It's why I pivoted from it. I built my... the, The ground level of my stream I built on Borderlands, but then I had to take a break from it. You know what I mean? I think Destiny's never had good grindable content. We have loot that we wanted. Now in D2, I have no uh, good loot to grind, and there's nothing. The content is the exact same for D1 and D2. I think you're wrong, and I think the the addicted player base, the ravenous player base over the years is proof that you're wrong, that people have decided this is a satisfying loot uh, content loop. 
I think you're wrong. I think the content loop has been has proved itself to be satisfying or they wouldn't have a player base. Look at D1. Look at D1. The, come on. Like the content loop had to be satisfying or they wouldn't have had a player base in year 3 to go into the sequel. They wouldn't have. Right? And if people just grind for loot not the content, that's why year 1 was so bad. Right, but again, but again, Lilo, you're not going to grind Warframe. You're not going to grind Monhan for the cool loot in Monhun if the content loop isn't satisfying. That's why I don't play Warframe. It's why I don't play Monhun. I thought the content loop was boring and those aren't broad spectrum games. So people, yes, they grind for the loot, but the content loop is satisfying. Saying that the content loop is bad or that the grind is bad, number one is subjective and number two a, a successful four-year franchise with good player engagement numbers proves you wrong because people are clearly doing it. They're clearly doing it. They're not like, if, if the content loop was misery and bad, nobody would play this freaking game. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. $5 from Portante. Hi, Lono at airport. So sorry, I couldn't get this question. and had a, uh, an epiphany. I'll tweet you the full question uh, and I DM'd it. Uh, would love you to take a look. Honestly, I think, uh, I honestly fix the armor problem means a lot. Uh, thank you for the $5, and I'm not doing, I'm not gonna go read your question in a DM right now, I'll read it later. Uh, Ardoran was six months, that's half a year, thank you so much, and, uh, your typical Mexican with a brand new sub, thank you so much. Uh, Beats by Drewski, I think it's too late in the game now, but it may be something to consider for D3, what are your thoughts on the Whisper being so easy to obtain, while also being... Uh, irreplaceable for DPS. Waste of things like two-tailed fox. Yeah, Bungie's always trying to walk on the razor, man. Like, if they make really, really good gear and nobody can get it, then everybody complains. Right? If they make really, really good gear and everybody can get it, people complain, but the people that complain don't matter. Like, you see what I'm saying? They have to to focus on who matters. The small 1% of a 1% of a 1% who whine and cry because people got the the whisper too easy because it's such it's such a god tier weapon well i mean they don't matter you know what i'm saying you don't matter why because like that you're a small percentage but looking at the entire community and being like hey we made really powerful gear and nobody can get it it's too hard it's gonna take almost everybody you know a light light years to get well you're just making everybody really really mad and the whisper was actually kind of tough to get too i think you're kind of oversimplifying uh whisper a little bit uh, you're, you're oversimplifying it. Whisper was actually tough and it was RNG based and people couldn't get the event to happen, etc. Right? Now that there's guides and everybody knows how to do it, sure, it's pretty easy to obtain, but initially it wasn't. I think Whisper's a pretty good spectrum, honestly. It's really, really tough to figure out on the front end. It was like a mystery. Um, it was like a mystery. And then after that, it becomes easier with time, but that's the same with raids. That's the same with raids. So... If you're here live right now, don't go anywhere. I'm going to keep streaming. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably streaming right now. Come into twitch.tv slash say no to rage or look up say no to rage on Twitch and Twitter and come hang out with us and enjoy the questions and submit the questions. Uh, As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe.